0: This is the Get Up 8 Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgson. Eric, I just want to survive this. This is what a member of an online support group messaged me about when I asked him what he wanted 10 years after the loss of his wife. Now, the first thing that struck me was that it was 10 years after his wife's death, and he still was trying to just survive that loss. Now, for him, it seemed like every day was day one. He described it being like a bad dream version of Groundhog Day. And thriving for him was just an afterthought. And our conversation made me think about what the last 10 years of his life may have been like. You see, when we live in a survival mode, we do things just to get by. And that permeates into all areas of our life. Our relationships, our self-talk, and our ability to build resilience. And I do see this with so many people that are facing deep challenges in life these days. They get hit with life, as we all do, and they go to their knees, and they stay there. But here's the thing. We don't have to just survive our struggles, We can thrive because of them. Hey, everybody, this is Eric Hodgson, and welcome to another episode of the Get Up 8 podcast, where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come at us in life, and we find unique ways to help you build the resilience to thrive despite those struggles. And, you know, one of the cool things about traveling, and I've been fortunate to do quite a bit of that in the last couple of years through some training, is that I get to meet really unique people. I work with special ops guys like Navy SEALs and Green Berets and even some elite athletes. I see the work that they do in the realm of being the best and they embrace the suck of life and they go into the storms head first. And and I admire this level of commitment because it helped me pull through the loss of my daughter Zoe four years ago. And when you talk about men and women who carry on, who thrive in the face of their adversity, I just want to talk with them more, and I just want to get to know them better, and today is absolutely no exception to that. I am thrilled to have a friend, a brother, an elite athlete, and what I feel is one of the most powerfully uncivilized men I've met in my life on the podcast with us today, Traver Boehm. So Traver, man, I'm so happy to have you here with us.
1: Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's a complete honor to be here with you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much.
0: No, no worries, man. I'm really grateful for this. And I just want to jump in here because I'm so intrigued by your story and your message. And I'd love to start by asking you what led up to you taking the path that you're on right now?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll dive right into it. You know, I, I had a Please. guy ask me a couple weeks ago, Eric, and, and I actually hadn't couched it this way yet. So this is like a new way for me to articulate it. Okay. But I, ha- I had someone literally ask me, uh, tell me about your beautiful death. Mm. And I was like, I'm not, I haven't died yet, dude. <laughs> uh, but he knew me well and he knew my story. And he said, well, no, you did. Your entire life died to a point. And, I th- and he said, I- I'm glad to know that you're only three years old. And I was like, oh, wow, mm. okay. That, that's a much different way to think about it. So three years ago, just for the long and short of it, in the span of just a few months, uh, I was married and expecting my first child, my ex-wife, I'll give you a little insight, was pregnant. And we lost the pregnancy mm. and then very quickly lost the marriage. And when I say lost the marriage, she literally just got up one day and walked out. Mm. So I went to bed at night, happily married, woke up over breakfast, found out I was no longer married. Wow! And then very quickly thereafter, the third piece of it, was that um, my business partner and I split up as well. Mm. And so my business had been a very community-oriented place. It was a a gym that we had both built. And so within short order, everything that I knew to be true and every pillar of identity that I had that I could hang my hat on, like, hey, I'm this guy's – I'm this woman's husband. I'm this guy's partner. I'm this business's owner. Mm -hmm. I'm the leader of this community. Uh, it all, it all went away. Wow. And so in that regard, I appreciate the question of tell me about your beautiful death because I literally felt like in that moment or in that series of moments and, and days that I was dying and had died, mm. you know? Wow. So it was, it was rock bottom in a, in an extraordinary way because uh, the one, there was only one way to go, but up. Right. And Two, I had to rebuild and reestablish who the hell I was in the world and figure out who am I without these external pillars, which was an awful question, but uh, a great question as well.
0: Yeah. And it's almost like you have to be stripped down to your core to build back up again.
1: You know, I I had a buddy say, uh, this is control alt delete on your life. (laughs) Well, being a computer (laughs) guy, (laughs) I totally understand that phrase. Right. And at the time I was like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Uh, but in hindsight, he was completely right. And I had a number of people, Eric, that, that came into my life, you know, from friends to guys I'd never know, to even my accountant at the time, my mm-hmm. my tax guy, say, hang on, I've seen this happen a number of times to a number of people. Mm-hmm. And if you can get to the other side, and if you can use it to get use what you're going through in a skillful way, the other side will look it will be brighter and better than you ever imagined possible because you can't imagine possible and it will be better than the life you're, you're, you're pining for and wishing would come back to you right now. Absolutely. And it was, it was, in, it was, you know, faith, you know, I had to listen to these guys and go, all right, that's the third or fourth or fifth person to say this. Uh, maybe there's something to it.
0: Right. No, I agree with you. And and that, you know what, I think in, in life when we have, uh, I would call them life-changing, life-altering experiences. Yeah, you know, we we either are open to that guidance or we're not. And Absolutely. I think that's when, uh, I think that's when we we find ourselves stuck, you know, and 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 not able to move on or carry on or even pick up the pieces to carry on. I think this is what uh, this gentleman who I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast was dealing with with the loss of his wife. He he yeah. was unable to find his way through this myriad of, of challenges that he was, it's like a replay over and over again, which yeah. is why he kind of called it, you know, groundhog day for him every day. Yeah, and, absolutely. And now for you, when you were going through this process of, 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 you know, standing back up, getting back on your feet, what did that look like?
1: Uh, first it meant honoring what I was going through pain wise. Mm. So I I just, you know, about two months ago, I heard a woman say uh, a woman, an incredible speaker named Christina Rasmussen, who talks about um, she lost her husband at a very young age. And she talked about this concept of the waiting room. And she said, when you when trauma Mm. hits you or there's massive grief, you leave the room of your life Mm -hmm. and you enter this waiting room. Right. And the and you have to be in there for a little while, Mm -hmm. period. You can't just go like, no sorry, this is all part of my path. I'll just yay. Right. And move out of it. You got to sit in the shit for a bit. Yep. But then just like your guy in the beginning, you have to get up and leave the room. Right. And so for me, it was first just sitting in the, in the damn room. Mm-hmm. You know, it was almost an entire year of my life doing the bare minimum. Mm. And literally, man, like I was, I was worthless. You know, I would go teach an hour or two of classes or maybe have a private training client. And then I would come home and lie on the couch. Right. And and that's it. I would, I would journal, I would meditate. I would like, just get through the day. Right. I would lie on the bathroom floor and cry.
2: Mm.
1: It was just, you know, I gave myself permission to say, you're going to be relatively useless. So let's not try to like hit some home runs this year. Right. Let's just, you know, maybe we do some bunting. Right. And and slow and up, (laughs) we're out. You know what? And there's whole weeks that just go by that nothing gets accomplished. I said for a Type A, a Type A person, that was really hard. Yeah, no, but I agree. I, I knew intuitively to honor the fact that like it's like a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I can I can pretend it's not broken. I can tell people it's not broken. I can start limping, you know, to train for a marathon, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be ten times worse. Or just say, stage one, I got to let this puppy heal.
0: No, that's that's a really good point, and I guess my only question is, is why is it always the bathroom floor that we wind up crying on? <laughs> <laughs> you know it couldn't be the living room it couldn't be some place that's you know i mean I, I we do some of our greatest thinking in the bathroom but that's I know, not, man. that's that's sinking that's not thinking you know i mean that's like i don't
1: know it was it was just so intuitive like i would literally be on the couch and be like uh-oh oh no it's coming yeah and, and just like you know you're gonna vomit like i'd run yep. to the bathroom and lie <laughs> Wow. Yeah, leave the comfort of the couch. Right, right. No, um, yeah. oh, that's funny. Know. Instead of
0: curling up with a blanket, you're curling up with a magazine at that point. So exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that's really powerful, Traver, because, you know, I think it's in those moments of 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 despair and like you were saying, the only way is up. That you have to make that decision to leave that waiting room. And I love the way that you put yeah. that, because it, the way that I phrased it is that. You know, it's like we're on a journey, and we pitch camp at uh, yeah. th- at this sucks. You know, the camp, that's the name of the camp. Yeah. This sucks, and we stay there for as long as we need to, and and sometimes it's years that go by, and it, and it's yeah. it's and you're not realizing it that that you've uh, that you've let so much go by of your own life, and and you find yourself, uh, you know, just in the doldrums on a day, day in and day out basis. And that's, that to me is no way to live life. That is, that yeah. isn't challenging why we're here. That isn't honoring, uh, the people that we've lost. It isn't honoring ourselves because that's not what right. we were put on this earth for. I agree. And, and I think that in today's times, what we also find is that when people use the phrase, you know, we have to thrive versus survive. It, it's used a lot and it's becoming a trend. Yeah. And, and, we all know what happens with trends; they they pass by, and yet this is really relevant in today's times. And at a recent survey that I did online at an online group, I asked people several questions about you know this had to do with grief and loss, but I asked them several questions about you know uh, where they were in their grieving process, and and the results shocked me. I was I asked me okay, so knowing that you're going through your grief process and that you're struggling. Where would you say that you are right now? And uh, about 350 people took this poll. And the questions that I asked were, okay, I'm, or, sorry, the, the answers that I, I asked them to answer against were, I'm, I'm just going into grief and, and struggle. I'm well into it. I'm stuck in it. I'm surviving with some better days or I'm thriving again. Mm. Only 13% of the people that took the poll said that they were thriving again. Uh 24% said that they were getting into this process or well into it or stuck. But -hmm. it was the 63% of the people that said that they were surviving with Mm. only some better days. That was like, wow, this is this is this can't be a trend that can help people move forward again. I mean, how can we disrupt this? What are some positive disruptors that we can put against this? So, what are your thoughts on how people can view this mindset of thriving versus surviving and not just brush it off as a trend?
1: That's a great question. You know, so much of it comes down to, and people may not like to hear this, but personal responsibility, Mm. right. And decision-making and and choices and, uh, and making choices literally moment to moment, hour to hour, Mm -hmm. day to day and saying, you know, I I had this, uh, I know, you know, this, this quote, but like no one's coming to save you. Right. I had a buddy tell me that about a third of the way through my separation where he was mm. like, hey, man. And it was at that point, Eric, where I was like, oh, I'm not throwing up and crying on the bathroom floor anymore. Right. But I'm really not doing shit else. Right. I've, I've just kind of I'm in this this gray. It's like the one island that I left is too far to see and the new island is too far to see ahead. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like bobbing in the middle. Right. And, and he kind of smacked me in the face with that sentence and said, like, if, if you want your life back. Go fucking get it. Right. Like there's absolutely nothing stopping you from getting everything back that you lost or think you lost mm-hmm. or recreating a new life that's infinitely better than the one you had. Exactly. Nothing stopping you. And and I, I understand that I am in the privilege of, of not having kids and being healthy and having a job. And, and even even with those factors, though, uh, you it comes down to, to personal wherewithal
3: mm.
1: of saying, okay, it, it's this. it's just, let me say this compassionately. There's a blend of saying, I'm going to accept where I'm at. And then I lo- I actually would write on post-it notes in spite of those mm. three words. And I'd put them around my house and be like, okay, this thing happened. And in spite of it, I'm going to X. This thing happened in mm. spite of it. I'm going to Y mm. and, and made the decision that I didn't have to play by the rules that other people played by. Right. Like sure, I'm I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed as a grown man, a ex-professional fighter. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to cry on my bathroom floor for nine straight months. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Right. Right. I'm allowed to do that. Even though the rules say like, oh, men aren't supposed to cry. You're not supposed. No. 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 I'm upset. I'm crying. Mm. And the other rules were, you know, go back and get exactly what you had. Get remarried really fast. You know, take the exact same business and replicate it. I was like, nope. I get to play by my own rules. I'm going to go travel for a year and work online. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to do some, di- some different stuff. I'm going to go out of the box. I'm going to leave this waiting room and just see what happens. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's a whole system of, you know, having a great team of people around you, having people to check in with, right. like literally who are the people that are, are supporting you in your life? And right. I made a hard decision. That if people weren't inspiring me to get back on my feet and mm-hmm. live an amazing life, then I wasn't talking to them. Right. So the people I surrounded myself with were like, hey, get your ass up and get to work. That's right. Or we're saying, hey, I get it. You know, today's a tough day. Mm-hmm. We're here for you. We're, and you need support and love. You got it. But guess what happens tomorrow? Yep. Get your ass up and get to work.
0: Exactly. And right? we are so the was, sum. Mix. Sorry, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. You came into my life. Kimberly came into mm. my life. Right. There are people that shockingly, you know, like, oh, I've never hung out with you before. Mm. Now, now we're talking three times a week. Right. So, you know, it's, I I don't want to come off sounding uncompassionate to people that say, Hey, something big happened to Mm -hmm. you." I get that. Right. Honor that. Yeah. And, and now start to put pieces in place, even if they're baby steps Mm of, of, of moving forward because at the end of the day, It's all up to you, right? It's all up to the the decisions you make, the choices you make, the people you surround yourself, the actions. And this is the biggie, the action steps that you take. Yes. So I went to salsa classes and turned around at the door (laughs) and went home and started crying. Yeah. And then went, went back again. Right. I went to the gym, put, put weights on the bar, turned around and went home because I just couldn't do it. Right. And then went back the next day. Mm hmm. Right. So it wasn't a matter of like, oh, I just succeeded everywhere I went. No, I I was a goddamn mess for a long time. People saw me in public like, oh, there's a dude pulling over and crying in his truck. What the hell's (laughs) wrong with him? Doesn't matter. Get up the next day and try it again. That's right. You know, so I think that's a big difference there because people uh, we people wait for the sun to come out Mm -hmm. on its own. Where you may have to go chase that sunlight. You may have to go, fuck it, I got to do some stuff. Right. Action action is such a big part of it.
0: Yeah, we have to we have to create that light, you know, that we're Absolutely. that we're moving towards. And and I kinda liken that to uh when I when I lost Zoe. Um I could see a light on the other side of this chasm, even though it was foggy and there were a lot of unknowns and, and questions and I didn't have a bridge from where I was to where I needed to be. But I knew that we needed to get there. And I think what what, what helped me thrive in this wasn't necessarily uh, I did have to get back up on my feet. I had to take care of myself first because if yeah. I wasn't taking care of myself, I wasn't going to be good to anybody else. One hundred percent, right? And uh, but we are the sum of the five people that we hang around the most, right? And so when we do come in contact with the people that that lift us up, that 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 see only greatness in us, and and encourage us to keep going forward, it doesn't. T- they're not expending any energy when they're helping you. In fact, they're giving you energy. To, to, to and, and help replenish yours, so absolutely. That, and so, but it is up to us. It isn't isn't, uh, in my opinion, it's not a um, you know waiting for like you said waiting for the sun to shine because sometimes you have to create that on your own light and you have to do the work. It's not, oh, it's not going to come to you. You know, so no you. No one to do the is work.
1: coming to save you.
0: Right, no one's coming to right? save like,
1: you. I, would, I literally would set that on an alarm that would go off random times mm. during the day I on love my that. phone. And be like, oh yeah, that's right. If I want this, I've got to go get it.
0: Wow, that's right? really strong. That's really strong. I love that too, man. Because I think, I think that's where, uh, I think that's where, uh, you know, people get stuck in inside of their journey. And look, everybody's got a different path. Everybody has their own ways of working through stuff. And, and I, and I know that it's, it's, it's something that they work through as best that they can with what they have in front of them. Mm-hmm. So giving them some tools, giving them some guidance, giving them uh, the ability to say it's okay to be okay. It's okay, like you're saying, to go home and cry in your, on your your bathroom floor for nine hours. It's okay because it's part of the process of, Absolutely. of dealing with, and sometimes even if we're dealing with challenges at work or even if we're going for a goal and we miss it and it just it can bring us to our knees because we're, we're wanting it so badly uh, right. or we're missing something so badly that... That we just need to be able to grieve that process uh, through its you know, to its for, uh, sorry, through uh, through from one side to the other, and know that, like you're saying, that there's light on the other side of that tunnel. And uh, but in terms of growth, though, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you grew, you grew throughout this process. Oh my God, unbelievably so. Yeah. and in in order to grow, though, do we have to subject ourselves to extreme struggle? in order to grow.
1: I don't think we have to subject ourselves to extreme struggle. However, the asterisk by that is, you know, I think you learn more the more you are willing to struggle. Mm-hmm. So the more extreme situations mm-hmm. you put yourself in, the more you're going to grow. Like think of someone who jumps out of an airplane on a daily basis for fun. Think of their relationship to speed, fear, adrenaline, etc.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: compared to someone who jumps off of a five meter diving board. Right. Right. So it doesn't mean that maybe your constitution isn't, doesn't allow you to be a a skydiver, but in the sense of healing, the more you're willing to open yourself up, the more you're willing to say, you know what, this is going to suck. I'm going to let it suck. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have my emergency contact in place in case I start to feel like I'm going to do something stupid, Mm -hmm. but I need to feel it. I need to feel it and I need to use it. I think the biggest thing, Eric, is is people having this relationship that says uh, it's like this was a reframe, man. Like, you know, this, you Mm -hmm. know, this right. The reframe is there's literally nothing I can do about the situation that happened to me. So I'm going to try to use it. Right. Right. It's like if if you wake up one day and there's a homeless guy living in your house, and he's like, guess what? I absolutely under no circumstances will leave. I'm going to be like, okay, well, then you're going to teach me something. Right. <laughs> like, if you're going to stay here. Like, teach me Spanish. Right. right? It's something. It's, it's, it's something, it's right? something. It's, so it's, it's using that, right? Right. And <clears throat> some people, yourself included, take the pain of their lives and mm-hmm. then decide to, to, to teach others how to use it. Yeah. And that's a massive calling. Mm-hmm right? And I think people who who say, hey, I don't want to be a public figure. I don't want to have a podcast. I don't want to write a book.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Still how they live every single day. Still how they interact with the public, how they interact with the people in their lives and the family in their lives. That's still teaching. Yes. That's still living by example. I cannot tell you, like my, my journey with divorce and coaching people through it didn't come about strategically. Mm-hmm. It just came about from me living the way I was living. Right. And then people contact me and saying, Hey, my brother's going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Like he's fallen. It's been two years and he's been drunk for the last 18 months. Mm. Can you talk to him? And they're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not trained in this. Right. Uh, sure. Get him on the phone. Right. And, and just have a phone call. And be like, Hey man, what are you doing? Right. Like, why aren't you using this? Do you not see that there's an opportunity here for growth?
0: Right. You can connect with him through story, through experience and and now you become relatable and, and there is that thought, there is that shift that can happen where, okay, wait, maybe I don't have to live like this. If, you know, if Traver can do it, yeah, I'm, I might be able to do this as well. I maybe <clears throat> don't know how to do it, but I know that I don't want to be here anymore.
1: Exactly. And you know what, Eric, I, I will say full honesty. I didn't come up with this on my own. Sure. Like, I had so many guys in my life who were like, Hey, guess what? See me thriving hmm. Oh, did you not know that me five years ago was exactly where you are, mm. if not worse? Right. Right. Like, if not even worse to where I would go, oh, my God, right. how did you survive that? And then holy smokes, you're, you're doing infinitely better than I ever was. Mm-hmm. And you've gone through something that's infinitely worse than I went through. Okay, awesome. And, and this wasn't a professional counselor. This was just people I met. Right. These were just men, right. both men and women who I go, oh, wow, I am going to just put on this, this cloak that you seem to be wearing that says, yep, this sucks. But guess what? Uh, I don't, I hate the term. It happened for a reason. Right. So let's just say I get to choose the outcome Mm. of, of what I'm going to do with it. Right. And and got aggressive. That's, that's, you know, it's it's like when, when I talk to people who are stuck, I'm like, man, you're just sitting there letting someone punch you in the face. Mm -hmm. Uh, I highly recommend you start punching back. Yes. Because when you land that first shot, Mm -hmm. be it getting to work on time, be it a promotion, be it a first successful date, be it getting through a day where you smile all day, that's punching back. Right. And when you hit back once, you go, oh, wow, I may be able to hit him back twice. Yeah. And, And that's the momentum then starts from there. And it may even be like, oh, wow, I hit back twice and then I got pummeled. Yep. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't linear. It's like, oh, wow, there's anniversaries, right. there's dates, there's memories, mm-hmm. there's just bad days. Awesome. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what tomorrow is? Yep. Tomorrow's punch back day. Yep. And I, so and feeling a going, little bit of aggression. Go go for it.
0: Oh, sorry, brother. Uh, you know, when I was going through my divorce in 2005, <clears throat> I was in that same spot. I didn't ha- I didn't have any coping skills. I was that guy that was crying in my Wheaties every morning, you know, uh, <laughs> you know i was <laughs> i i i don't know if you ever saw the movie sideways it's a movie that takes yeah. place it's a great movie and and yeah. i watched that movie probably every day for about six months i just i don't know there's something about the transformation that took place with miles and with uh, jack that this really really uh those are the characters in the movie but th- there the was something y about movie, the right? what's that
1: Is it the wine movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Miles goes through a divorce, and or sorry, he's two years out from a divorce, but he's he's living as as Jack would say, "You stop this downer hag bullshit." You know that you're that you're that you're living and and live, man. You know we're here to party. Let's you know let's go. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. So it was just a there was some calling in that movie for me that I just found this. You know what? I don't know why. why I need to be saying, you know, coming home from work, just pulling the shades down and just watching this movie every night and 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 just spending time by myself without getting out and hanging out with other people. It wasn't right. helping me, but externally, people could see it. Man, why are you so miserable? You look like you look like crap. And obviously, those right. are the people that I don't want to hang around with because they're not lifting me up. Right. Um and it took probably a couple of years of 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 therapy for me to to realize that hey you know what there is life out there for me that isn't doesn't have to revolve around the loss you know there's yeah. other things out there so between going through that process of of grieving that relationship and getting back on my feet somewhat um it and continued therapy and, and other means of, of taking care of myself physically. I got back into exercise again. I started yeah, eating so well. Huge. I started to sleep better. I started to see yeah. people. I date. I started to um, uh, you know just get out and spend time with family and friends. And and so life started to shift incrementally. It wasn't overnight. It was incremental, no. which was even better because now you could take it in the in the at the pace you needed to take it in. Um, but man, I tell you, it was just it helped when I lost Zoe because mm. I wasn't I, even though this was the worst thing that could possibly happen. Worse than a divorce. Worse I think than the worst. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. Of course, but yeah. It, it, I was prepared at that point to stand back up and know that, look, okay, look, if I could go through the loss of my marriage uh, and, and it bring me to my knees and know what that pit feels like. Right. I very shortly after Zoe died, I remember saying to myself, um, that pit right now is about the size of an ant hole, and I can't fit in there, so I'm not going down mm. in it. Yeah, and and that's what I feel like. You know, we we with, do with, what
1: great training is. You know, as horrible as as your divorce is, yeah, and and there is no preparation for the loss of a child, right? Uh, what great training, Justin? I've been down here before, right? Not not this low and not this dark, but I, this isn't unfamiliar territory to me, right? The the depths of grief. Right. And you knew that at some point, probably in your divorce, you thought this is unsurvivable. Yes. And yet you survived. Yes. Right. There's a, a, another great quote that I heard by that same speaker, uh, Christina Rasmussen, said when you've lived through the the unthinkable, you, you believe you can do the impossible. Mm. That's perfect. And that and that's again. So I, 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 I kind of, you know, uh, I joke with people. Uh, I get contacted all the time with people from people now like, hey, my, my husband walked out yesterday awesome. And I say, Hey, guess what? You are about to earn your street cred for being able to handle anything. Right. And at some point you're going to walk around with like a secret mm. that says, no one can take anything from me. Right. I'm kind of untouchable now. Right. Right. You're like the POW that came back from Vietnam and now we're walking around Woodstock. Right. You're like, Hey, this, it, it, I, I did it. I yes. survived, you know, like you, especially you've gone through too. Right, there's, there's, I can't. There's nothing anybody can do to you, Eric. You've, you're, you've got, you're like immortal, soul-wise, right? Like, <laughs> you well, survived I, I, everything. I, you know, it's interesting. I want stuff to happen to you, but.
0: it's, it's, it's such a. I, I find it to be a gift, and and mm-hmm. when I say a gift, not not so much losing Zoe. That was not a gift. That was a, a you know, something very difficult. But what was left behind were gifts, and it That's wasn't so important it is because you say
1: that again i i I hope people hear that say that i want to hear that yeah
0: when when you lose somebody or when you go through a traumatic situation or a deep challenge in your life uh there are gifts that are left behind for you
1: oh oh brilliant
0: and you have to find them though they're not given to you you know this is something they are not
1: (laughs) what's that i said no sir they are not
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the get up Eight podcast I'm Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to visit resilienceleaders.com where you can find free resources to help you start thriving today. Also, check out upcoming events in my new book, A Sherpa Named Zoe, How to Walk Through Grief and Live with Intention.